Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park getting ready to start the podcast here sitting in my car i'm in the parking lot people are walking by and i'm trying to just wait wait till people are gone because they look at you funny the other day i was sitting in the car podcasting out in the parking lot and you know if you listen to the show i tend to get a little loud right here i am a grown man sitting in my car talking about elves and trolls really loud and this dude comes walking by the car and he looks at me and i stop talking and i look at him and Our eyes meet, and I think, it's okay. He can't hear me. I'm in my car. And then he kind of says something to himself out loud, and I heard him almost perfectly, as if the windows were down. And I don't know if he did that for my benefit, if he was like, ha-ha, I can hear you, buddy. Trolls and elves, really? All right, then. And then he just kept on walking, and I sat here in the car, and I thought, eh, who cares? So right now I've chosen the exact wrong moment to start podcasting because again people are walking by and I'm trying to I'm just trying to pretend like I'm just talking to somebody on my phone it's no big deal I'm like what's up people at home I'm talking to you but I'm not fooling anybody I'm not fooling them at all put the needle on the record the following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me just a regular guy talking about all the things I love such as comics movies television music and books So yeah, proceed at your own risk. to another episode of Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that wakes every morning to find that it's been crying. That's that's not creepy at all. Don't worry about it. Just move on with your life. So hey, I'm your host. My name is Steven, and I have nothing at all to talk about today. This is going to be one of those episodes where I just start talking, and we'll see what happens. And by the end of it, we're going to find out if we have ourselves one of the greatest episodes ever recorded by any human being or elephant. I hear they do some fairly good podcasts. We also might find out that I've made a horrible, horrible mistake by not preparing anything at all. So I recently finished watching Star Trek The Next Generation. Now, this is a show that came out in the late 80s, and I remember being on board from the beginning. I've never been much of a Star Trek fan. Never watched the original series I was one of these snooty kids after seeing Star Wars, and nothing could measure up to it. 
Of course, I watched Buck Rogers. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought Battlestar Galactica was pretty cool. But the special effects on Star Trek, I mean, come on. It was an old show. There I was in the 80s trying to watch a show from the 60s. It just was not for me. But when they launched Next Generation, I thought, all right, I am a sci-fi fantasy fan. I enjoy some science fiction. I enjoy some shows about space. You know, it's weird. I used to watch um, Lost in Space all the time. And yet Star Trek could not get into it. I don't know. I don't understand. So it couldn't have been the age of the show. Maybe it's just because it was boring. Am I going to get raked over hot coals for saying that? As a kid, Star Trek was boring. Anyway, next generation, they announce it. I'm on board because I'm ready for some good sci-fi. And I remember watching it and I remember enjoying it. But I also seem to remember that I don't know if this is one of those shows because I, I feel like it launched on the UPN the, the Paramount Network, which was like a new network at the time. And I feel like this was one of those shows that just, they couldn't find a time slot for it. It's like, we're going to air this Thursday nights at nine. And then, nah, let's air it Sundays at three in the afternoon. No, instead, let's air it on Tuesdays at 10 in the morning. I just feel like at one point I lost track of the show. And I don't know if it was because... I just got older and I was doing stuff at night with my friends and couldn't be bothered to try to stay up to date on a regularly scheduled TV program. But I would catch it in rerun and syndication every now and again. And I do remember enjoying what I would see. And then they started making the movies and I really enjoyed the movies. I thought they were really fun. I had watched enough of the television show, or at least I thought I had watched enough of the television show that I could very much enjoy the movies. I knew the characters. I knew who they were. Of course, having just finished watching all, what is it, seven seasons, I realized that I really didn't watch all that much of the show back when it was airing or during syndication. I missed quite a bit, and I really enjoyed watching it this time around. But there were a, there were a few things that kind of, well, for example, at one point, they really kind of focused on trying to tell socially relevant stories. And they did it in this way that they would meet an alien race because the whole premise of the show is they're out there discovering new life and new civilizations and boldly going where no one has ever gone before. And so they would encounter this, this alien race for the first time. And they would have some kind of, as far as we thought in our socially conscious minds, was a very backwards ideology on things like maybe women weren't allowed to vote that was not an episode i'm just i'm just coming up with stuff off the top of my head or well here's an example there was an episode that the alien race were all androgynous they were neither male nor female and at one point one of these aliens we're going to call we're going to use the pronoun her because she ended up identifying as female and she started to have a thing for Will Riker. We're going to we're going to talk about him in a minute. And he starts to have a thing for her. And so there's a moment where she tells him all about her culture and how she has been having thoughts about him, thoughts of a in a roundabout way sexual nature and she confesses to him that this is not something that they do in their society. And by by talking about it and professing these feelings aloud could get her into a lot of trouble. It's happened before. And when it's happened, these people, these deviants would be taken away to some institution and then they would come out a different person. 
up in their heed. And so she is discovered and she's taken away and Will, defying Starfleet rules and defying his captain, goes down to the planet's surface to rescue her. And when he finds her, I guess the the whatever they do to them in this institution to change their minds, whatever surgery or lobotomy or whatever they do, it's already been done apparently because she doesn't want to go with him. And she tells him that she was wrong and she never should have said anything to him. But there, you get this feeling after a while that every time they encounter an alien race that has some kind of backwards thinking like this, I'm going to, uh, and maybe this isn't the right way to compare it, but I'm going to compare it to the white savior syndrome in movies where someone of color, whether it's a inner city school or something, and you have somebody of color who has all this potential to do great things, but they're stuck in a situation or they're living in an area or something about their surroundings because it is um, an area without a lot of money or whatnot. They're not able to live up to their full potential. But then a teacher who happens to be a white person saves them and allows them to become who they're supposed to be. And as I'm watching Star Trek, I start to get that feeling. It's like Starfleet and the human race are the white saviors to the rest of the galaxy. That's the that's how it started to make me feel. It's like no one in the galaxy is as woke or socially conscious as Starfleet. Everyone else are these backwards hillbillies who are stuck in these in this backwards way of thinking. And there are few individuals within these societies that don't think that way, that are just as woke as our Starfleet saviors. But it takes Starfleet to save to save them, to pull them out of that situation and let them live to their potential. And so after a while, once that comparison entered into my brain, it just got to the point where I got really annoyed with that trope after a while. Eventually they stopped doing it and I was really happy about that. And there's the other part of me that sits here and says, well, yeah, but it, they were able to tell socially relevant stories. They were able to tackle the types of topics that maybe they weren't talking about on TV back then that needed to be talked about. But watching it nowadays, it's like, oh, come on, which alien race are they going to save from bigotry and racism and social injustice in this episode. And it's great that they can point out social injustice. It's great that they can open up these talks with people. But you know what? Frankly, one thing I've learned within the last four years trying to survive in nerd culture, um, I don't know who they were talking to. I don't know whose minds they were trying to change. But there's a lot of folks out there who just weren't paying attention, you know? A lot of folks out there who could see an image, see a picture on the internet of a nice young lady who works for Marvel Comics, who went out with a bunch of friends who also happened to be women, who also happened to work in the comic book industry, and just wanted to go out and have some milkshakes. And they thought they'd take a picture and post it out on social media because they're just happy to be among friends and to just celebrate the fact that they work at, they work in comics. Hey, look, we're working in comics. We got the job that we wanted and we're having fun and we're friends and we're not hurting anybody. We're having some milkshakes. And so many people, so many men, so many white men had issue with that 
because apparently women working in comics are what's ruining comics these days. That's to me, that's a ridiculous thought. I just don't understand. I like to think that I am socially conscious. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm I'm not Starfleet level socially conscious. I'm not going to say that. But I do feel like with every day, every week, every month, every year that I live, I become a little bit more aware. But it all started because of science fiction and comic books and this genre of entertainment that I just absorbed that taught me to to be tolerant. And it amazes me how, from what I recall, from what I can remember growing up, watching those shows, reading those books, reading those comics, and having those lessons, those lessons imparted upon me that other people, other white men who grew up during the same time period, who read all the same books, who watched all the same shows, didn't see any of that at all, didn't absorb any of that, didn't realize, didn't get the lesson, didn't, it just went over their heads. And so they read a comic book nowadays in which there is a socially relevant story and they just blow up. Holy crap, why are they doing this to my comic books? They've never done this before. Yes, they have. They've been doing it for decades. It's just for some reason you didn't pick up on it back then, which is a shame because had you picked up on it back then, you would have either been offended and stopped reading comics and then we wouldn't have to see the stuff that you post or you would have gotten the lesson and I don't know, maybe you'd be able to enjoy life a little bit more. I'm probably going to piss a lot of people off just just with what I just said there over the last few minutes, but I I don't care. I did not plan on this episode being a rant against the intolerant, but I guess that's how it turned out. That's interesting because, again, I had nothing planned when I started this episode, nothing at all. I thought I would make some silly sounds every once in a while and go beep, beep, hey, hey, hey. Look at me, aren't I clever? Aren't I funny? Because I can make a funny voice. Oh, look at me, I'm silly. And I did something just a little bit different. So now that I'm done watching The Next Generation, I have started Deep Space Nine. Now, I will say this. Again, I'm not the biggest Star Trek fan, but I did enjoy The Next Generation movies, And I remember when Deep Space Nine came out because I remember thinking, all right, well, I've already missed out on a lot of Next Generation, so I'll watch some Deep Space Nine. Maybe here's a show that I can get in on the ground floor and enjoy it from the beginning. And it can be my thing. I can be the guy that everybody else is going, oh, Deep Space Nine, no way, man. Next Generation is is where it's at. And I can be the guy on the fringe who's like, no, man, Deep Space Nine, that's the good stuff. And I don't remember liking it when I first started watching it. And here over the last five to 10 years, I've grown to learn that, grown to learn, is that that how you say that? I don't know. But I've learned over the years that most Star Trek fans that you talk to, when you, when, when they talk about Next Generation and when they talk about Deep Space Nine, frankly, it w- if you dismiss the original show completely, if you just take that out of the equation and you don't talk about anything, any of the new stuff that's come out over the last couple of years, if you just talk about the shows that came out, you know, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and then Enterprise, which came later, Deep Space Nine is the, the favorite. It's the one that everybody looks to as being the top-notch show. 
So I'm watching it and I'm enjoying it so far. And if I'm enjoying it now, it's probably just going to get better. And I'll start to realize what it was that everybody loved so much. After that, I'll probably start watching Voyager because, again, it's weird. Next generation hits, and I'm like, all right, here's a Star Trek show that I'm going to get in on, and I'm going to start watching it. And then I watch part of the first season, and then that's it, and I catch reruns every now and then. And then Deep Space Nine comes along, and I say, okay, here's the one that I'm going to start watching and I'll, I'll, I'll start it from the beginning and I'll watch it every week and it'll be my show. And I watch a couple of issue, uh, issues. I watch a couple of episodes and I'm, eh, it's not for me. And then Voyager comes along and I said, all right, here we go. This is the one. This is the show that I'm going to be in on because it has the one thing that the other two shows don't have. I liked, I wanted to be in on gener- on Next Generation because it was Star Trek. It was the Enterprise. They were boldly going where no person has gone before. And then Deep Space Nine comes along and I thought, but they're not out exploring space. I think that's one of the big issues I had with the show at first. I couldn't wrap my mind around the fact that here is a show in the Star Trek universe and they're not trekking in the stars. It didn't make any sense to me. Just freaking boggled my mind. And so this barrier flew up and I just couldn't get past that wall. But I was starting to get annoyed. There there was a part of me that was like, next generation is cool because they're out there. They're exploring the stars. They're trekking through the stars. But the Enterprise is the flagship of the fleet. And Picard is the, is the big famous captain. And, you know, it's it's like you're watching the A game of the universe. And so then Voyager comes along. Here's a new Star Trek show set on a ship that's not the Enterprise. They're not the the pride of the fleet. They're not the, the A game of the universe. It's a smaller ship. They are trekking through the stars. And the premise was, if I remember correctly, they get sucked through some kind of space anomaly or wormhole or something, and they end up in some area of the galaxy that's that we have never explored. Somewhere so far away, they're not going to be able to get back. It's going to take them so long to get back that they will all have died before they before they get back to Earth. And so they're exploring the unexplored. And that that was going to be my show. That all of that appealed to me. And it had a female captain. And I watched the first it, it, it and so it airs on TV. I watched the first couple of episodes. And then I just stopped watching it, and I don't remember why. So I'll be getting into Voyager next once I'm done with Deep Space Nine. I watched all of Enterprise a number of years ago, and I know people just seem to hate that show, but uh, I rather I seem to remember enjoying it. The, the one thing about Star Trek, though, that always kind of got on my nerves was nobody on there had any regular, I guess, regular, everyday, normal, normal, I don't want to say normal, Nobody had any, like, average Joe hobbies, really, when it came down to it. Um, And that's probably not true at all. But all I can think of is the captain on the show Enterprise, Scott Bakula, and the fact that he was really into water polo. You know, he wasn't a football guy. He wasn't a baseball guy. He wasn't a bad uh, basketball guy. He was into water polo. Not... Not even polo on horses, water polo. That was his big thing. He was a big water polo star, and I always felt that that was weird. Another thing they always did in Star Trek as well 
is they always had this rule. I, I, I'm probably stealing this joke from somebody else. This is probably something that everybody talks about. But it's like there's this rule of three. Whenever they talk about something from the past, they always use two examples from our history, as in the viewer's history, and then one example from our future, their history, basically fake history. And so they'd be like, well, you know, it's you got to compare it to... Korea or Vietnam or the Battle of Rigelian Four, and it always, they did that every time. It was always so weird. It's you got great leaders like Washington and Lincoln and Globular Four. Just, just really, it just it, every time it was always two real examples and one fake. I mean, it's it it ranks up there with all the great books like War and Peace and Moby Dick and the Klingon Way of Life. I don't know. I always found it funny. And again, I'm sure I'm stealing that from somewhere. I feel like I've heard that. I've heard other people talking about that. I don't know what else I'm supposed to talk about on this episode. I was kind of hoping this would be more of a hodgepodge of just whatever was going through my mind at the time as I'm talking and looking out at the world and seeing people and things and people are doing stuff and all that. And I ended up speak talking uh, mostly about Star Trek. And that's fine. I'm cool with that. Because I'm enjoying my little romp through Star Trek. It all started because of Picard, honestly. This whole revisitation of the Star Trek universe. It all started with Picard. Actually, it started with Discovery. You know, CBS All Access comes out and they they first release Discovery. And, uh, of course, I don't have CBS All Access. And I got the, the, the DVD of the first season of Discovery. And I thought it was pretty good. I should probably rewatch it because I'd like to see season two. And then I finally get around to watching Picard. I got a, a free month of CBS All Access after the first season of Picard was completed. So I was able to sit down and binge that. And that was that was some dang good television. And then eventually I started to realize that I probably want to wanted to watch a lot of the other stuff. Here's something odd really quick before I sign off and move move on to other things and send you on your way and let you go out in life and buy scones and drink coffee and all that kind of stuff. So because I never watched a lot of the TV show, The Next Generation, when the, the episodes that I did watch were near the beginning and they established right away that Riker and Troy had some kind of relationship. And then you get into the movies and they don't really have a relationship as the movies start, but as the movies come to a conclusion, heck, the last movie, Nemesis, which I feel like I've watched four times and can never remember anything about it. Never, I never remember anything about it. And every time I've started it, I'm like, I get into it and I start going, oh yeah, I remember this. This wasn't very good. And then a year goes by and I decide I want to watch the Star Trek movies again. And it, we get to Nemesis and I'm like, I, I feel like I didn't like this, but I don't remember anything about it. And so then I start it and I go, oh yeah, I remember now I didn't like this. But that movie starts out with, uh, from what I have read, because again, I don't remember any of this, the wedding between Riker and Troy. But yet when you watch the show, the very last episode of season seven begins with a romance. They were kind of hinting at it throughout season seven, a romance between Worf and Troy. And apparently that just goes nowhere at all because they don't address it at all in the movies that I recall. Maybe they addressed it in Nemesis. And because I, I have watched it four, five, six, seven times and don't remember anything about it, maybe that is 
maybe it happens there. I, I don't know. I have no idea. But let me talk about Will Riker real quick, because the one thing I did find odd about him in this show, he is, it's like he was put there to be Shatner. They said, okay, well, here's what we're going to do with the next generation. We One thing we can't do is have another captain like Kirk. You can't have another Kirk. You can't put another captain in charge of the Enterprise and have him be like Kirk. So we're going to go, we're going to go a little different. We're going to get a, an, an English guy with a British accent who's French. Y- you can't see my face, but I make, I'm shaking my head with a confused look on my face. That I never understood that. Here, uh, a Frenchman with an English accent that I, I don't, I don't get that. I don't understand it. I don't know why they did that. They should have just made him British. But anyway, they said, we're going to have Picard. He's going to be, he's going to be strong. He's going to be inspiring. He's going to be all the things that Kirk was. He's just not going to be a man whore. That's where, that's what we'll do. We'll make him not a man whore. But then somebody raised their hand at the table and said, but we're going to have a man whore in the show, right? We can't, we got to have a man whore. We've got to do that. And somebody else said, do we really need a man whore in the show? Oh yeah, we got to have somebody who sleeps with all the aliens, who's just non-discriminately throwing his thing around. And so I present to you Commander William Riker. Which the weird thing about that on the show is he's brought into the show, first episode, he obviously, they had something between him and and Troy and it's interwoven throughout the history of the show that there's always something there between them, but he chose a life in Starfleet over a life with her. And they're, it's obvious that they're still in love with each other. And he just, oh my gosh, it just seemed like every time there was an episode in which there was an alien race that had a female character who was in any way attractive, whenever they met Will, he'd be like, well, hello. And you just knew, okay, well, something's going to happen there. And that got old real quick. I also never understood the color schemes on their uniforms. So the ensigns wear red, but the commanders and the captains wear red. And then some of the guys and girls in between wear yellow and some of them wear blue. I never, I, I, I could understand the, uh, each level wears a different color, but why it's, it's like, when you're at the bottom, you're going to wear red. And red is significant. The red uniform is significant in our universe because it means if you're in a red shirt and you're on an away team, you're not making it back alive. But then with Next Generation, they said, let's flip that and let's put the main, let's put our captain in a red shirt. Holy crap, the captain's in a red shirt. And now the command, then the commander too. So your two top level people on the ship are in red. And then we'll put the in-betweeners in yellow and maybe some of them in blue. I don't know. But then also the the bottom tier in red as well. It just, it didn't make a lot of sense. And the uniforms during the first season were horrible. They did the whole jumpsuit thing, which looked terrible. And then they went to shirts with pants, which looked great. But anytime anybody stood up from a seated position, they had to grab the bottom of the shirt and yank it down. That was like a big thing for Picard. That was his move. He'd stand up and yank his shirt down and other people started doing it. And then I noticed that if you were an ensign, you still had the jumpsuit on. So that was the big difference between the red shirts because the ensigns, the, the low level didn't have a red shirt. They had a red jumpsuit. Some the, the kids in the show all wore jumpsuits. That I thought was really dumb. If you were a kid, you wore a onesie up through your teenage years. That was apparently the, the, the look on the humans 
in this time period in the future. If, if you're a teenager, until you become an adult with rank, you're going to wear a onesie. That's just the way it's got to be. So I found a lot of that a bit confusing. But at one point, just out of the blue, there were two moments in the show that just out of the blue, I went, why haven't they been doing that before? And one of them, with, with uh, Picard shows up in an episode, and instead of a red shirt with black on the shoulders, it's a gray shirt with black on the shoulders, and he's wearing this really dope jacket that's red with black on the shoulder. So basically, instead of the red shirt, he's wearing a red jacket. And the red jacket looked awesome. My first thought upon seeing it was, I would totally wear that. I would wear that jacket. I want one right now. And there's this part of me that's uh, not as, you know, being a non-neurotypical, being not a typical person neurologically that felt like if they're going to introduce this new style, suddenly they're going from a red shirt to a gray shirt with a red jacket. They should explain why. They shouldn't just, Picard just shouldn't show up one day on an episode wearing an all new uniform and they don't explain it. It would be like Iron Man showing up in the comic book with a brand new suit of armor and they and not and them not explaining why. Of course I feel like they do that a lot nowadays and it's just chalked up to well he's always designing armor. That's just what he does. He's got like seventeen thousand different sets of armor. Every time you see him he's wearing a new set of armor. Issue one, he's wearing a mark three thousand four hundred and twenty seven. Issue number two, he's wearing mark three thousand four hundred and twenty eight. Every every issue, he's wearing some new armor because he's always he's always creating. So that's just become a thing. Apparently, in Iron Man, you see it in the in the cinematic universe. It's like every movie, he's got a new suit of armor, and they tried with the first couple movies to to explain. But yeah, that 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 you know that gets cumbersome after a while. Okay, well he's going to use a new suit of armor. Let's explain why. So I get it, but I but there's that part of me that feels like holy crap. Picard looks like the freaking man right now. I want to know why they suddenly switched to jackets. And it could be just because he was cold. You know, the, and the Enterprise is temperature controlled, but that doesn't mean that Picard may be cold while everybody else feels just fine. The other thing that they did was suddenly an episode shows up where Geordi has a beard. Now, I think I read, I posted about it on Twitter about how just freaking awesome he looks in a beard. And then by the next episode, he doesn't have a beard anymore. I feel like somebody told me on Twitter that he was getting married and he wanted to have his beard for his wedding photos. And so they allowed him to keep his beard during that episode. But I guess since Jordy doesn't normally have a beard, it was just that one time. It was a special occasion. And they did explain it. They they start out the episode, they're playing poker and he's got a beard and they talk about it. And... uh but right away, I thought, holy crap, why doesn't he have a beard all the time? Jordy looks badass with a beard. He should be always wearing a beard on his face, a face beard, unlike the beards that people have on their knees. But no, just that one episode. And if that's true, if he had to get special permission because he was getting married, I just want to ask the people who made the show, why? Why didn't he just, if he normally wore a beard or something, if he is so much into a beard that he wanted it to be part of his wedding and his wedding photos, why aren't, why isn't he wearing a beard all the time? Why doesn't he have a beard on his face, people? I enjoyed Data. I think during my Picard episode, when I finally watched Picard and I talked about how Data just, you know, he's a, he's an alien who's 
specifications because they say in one of the movies, insurrection, my specif- I was, my legs were this many centimeters long when I was assembled and they're this many centimeters long now and they will remain this many centimeters long until I'm taken offline. My specifications never change. And yet as an actor, he grows older. And so by the time he shows up in Picard, he looks swollen compared to how he looked in the first episode of the show. But they do make mention at one point in the show, in an episode I obviously missed before I started watching the movies, that he that it that is part of his his programming. He does quote unquote age as far as the way his face and his body looks. And yeah, it would make sense to make mention of that at some point, since the actor obviously ages and he can't stay looking exactly the same at the same time. You know what? I've probably talked about Star Trek too much, especially for an episode in which I had planned on, again, being a hodgepodge of topics. I thought I would talk about Star Trek for a little bit, and that would take me into another direction. But I ended up talking about Star Trek probably throughout this entire episode. So I'm going to wrap it up. But hey, before I go, I just want to ask you guys, please, there's something I need you to do for me. If you listen to this podcast through Apple Podcasts and you enjoy it, please go out to Apple Podcasts and rate the show. You don't have to leave a review. Apple Podcasts has it set up where all you've got to do is hit a star. One star, two star, three star, four star, five stars. Five being the best, one being the worst. Just rate it. Please, every rating I get boosts my presence on Apple Podcasts. And apparently, you have to reach a certain number of stars. You have to have a certain number of ratings before you'll even be considered in any kind of, I don't know, algorithm. I don't know how it all works. I'm just as confused as you. But I know that rating it helps me. So if you can do that, if you've got, if you're listening to it now and you're not driving, you're not in the middle of something, you're not freaking riding a a fake bike through the mountains of... Italy. Does Italy have mountains? Geography's not my thing. Get off my back. But if you can safely just take your phone and tap a star. It's not there on the episode. It's on the main page for just another fanboy. So it's not really as easy as it should be. You you may have to scroll a bit and do a couple of taps, but just tap it. Tippity tap. Tap that sucker. Give me some give me some stars. If you're listening to this episode on YouTube, like the video. Again, algorithms. If you're listening to it through any other podcast provider, if they have an option on there for you to rate the show, please do so. Otherwise, if you can just go out there on social media and recommend this show to people, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, uh, if you're on a Discord server where you talk about nerdy things with people, if you're uh, a regular person over at the Reddit where you're talking about nerdy stuff with people, just tell folks about the show because that's that's the only way. That is the only way podcasts grow, a podcast such as mine. The only way it's going to grow is for people to just get out there and start talking about it and tell their friends because I can talk about it as much as I can out on the Twitters and other places, but my reach is only so far. I need help. I need your help. Help me help me. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't really help you in any way, I guess, except for maybe, I don't know, the more people listen, the, I don't know, help me, help me, help you, help me, help you. You see what I'm saying? Can you see that on a shirt? Help me, help me, help you, help me, help me, help you. Let's put that on a t-shirt. Let's get it out there. Do all the stuff and let's get it going. And let's get that train a moving. Until then, 
My name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Please, we need more of that in the world. Just people being nice to each other. Be nice to each other. Stay safe out there. Wear a mask. Keep on trucking. Just Another Fanboy is a Stephen or Else production. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenrorr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about all the comics and such I don't have time to talk about here. You can find me on the World Wide Web at stephenorelse.com or find me at Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Stephen or else. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. More people are just walking around. They won't stop. They won't stop walking. They need to understand that I am in my car recording a podcast, and they need to have respect for that. No, it's not my parking lot. They have every right, just as much right as me, to be in this parking lot. And yet, I feel that they need to stop. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.